Hi, hey, hello, and welcome. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Doesn't show it on my end. Hey, man. Try and introduce our show. (laughs) Can I I introduce our fucking show? I mean, come on. You're live. Maybe. Unless you're listening to the podcast, uh, I guess Andrew's not wrong. If you're listening to the podcast, you're not live. Uh, Welcome to another shit show of an episode right off the bat of a Colts podcast brought to you by the embarrassed, I'm sure, Sports Illustrated and Horseshoe Huddle. Don't send me a picture. I don't care. Stop. Get out of the camera. Andrew, I got a comment. Did I see some guy report on Wednesday? Probably, Kent. We're going to get to that for sure, but uh, welcome uh, to the show. My name's Brandon. I'm joined here by your idiotic co-host, a uh, guy who just got kicked out of my wedding, Andrew Moore. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? How was the Super Bowl? How was Super Bowl Sunday? What'd you think? Let's chat. I, I was doing better about five minutes ago before my. Uh, <laughs> Are we before live? My, before my computer yeah, decided, before my computer decided to be all all weird. But hey, that was actually actually Andrew's computer just started playing a sound back uh, from another night where he said, "Are we live?" That wasn't him. Oh, yeah, live? No. Anyway, so, go ahead. I'm doing all right. Uh, it is sad though because it is officially the end of the 2021 NFL season. We don't have live football again until August, which man, that sucks. But hey, combine, it was a good, Andrew. Well, combine's not live football; just a bunch of guys running around in their in their shorts. Which hey, I love the combine, so you're not going to uh, hear any gripes about me. I would actually, I want to try to be down there at the combine. To XFL, see that. XFL back this year. I don't know if XFL is coming back this year or not. Better ask the rock. But anyways, it was a, it was a great Super Bowl. I really enjoyed it. Came down to the wire. The whole playoffs of the NFL this year were fantastic. Um, so I, I was, you were right. You, you came out as the final, uh, final victor in the pick'em standings. You know, I think, but, you know what uh, I, you know what I realized after, uh, after we recorded last week, I don't know. It was a couple days later, maybe, um, you literally picked the Super Bowl winning team to start the year, and at the very last game, you betray them, and you say, no, no, Rams, the Bengals are going to win. You you literally turned around on the team that you picked at the beginning of the season. I picked them to make it to the Super Bowl, but I you picked, picked the, the Bills, Bills to win? To okay, win. I thought we had this conversation last week. I apparently don't listen to anything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we got some Super Bowl talk. We got some Colts rumors to talk about concerning number two. It's gonna be a gonna be a fun show tonight. I'm in pain. My insides are turning. My lips, Why? my lips Explain still burn. Audience. I did the one chip challenge about an hour and a half ago for uh, a little group meeting at work. We a bunch of us did it, uh, and I regret it. I mean, I wish I would have bitched out at the last second, you know, like just said, you know what? This is a bad idea. I thought about it. I'll tell you what I thought about it. And I said, no, I'm a man and I'll stand proud. And I ate the chip and I immediately started drinking milk. Everybody else lasted at least five minutes. I think there's another guy on my team. He was shooting for an hour uh, and he was pretty confident he was going to make it. So, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I am miserable. My stomach hurts. Uh, lips are on fire. I mean, I am just, I'm hurt. And, uh, you know, if you're listening, say a quick prayer uh, for my bathroom uh, tonight, <laughs> tomorrow morning, whenever. Uh, but let's talk about the game, Andrew. Looks, uh, like, DeMar- looks like Demarcus has uh, done that one chip challenge as well. He said his lips were on fire as yeah, well. So. Yep. Uh, so Super Bowl six, 56. 56. Uh, 56, uh, Rams beat the Bengals 23, 20 in, in, in honestly a, a great football game. Um, probably the best Super Bowl since Patriots Eagles. I would, I would say so. Chiefs, 20. Chiefs 49ers wasn't great. Uh, well, Chiefs 49ers was, was right. fun to see the Chiefs come back at the end. Yeah. But but uh, this this game definitely was came down to the wire. It was cuz the the Eagles Patriots was a more of a couple shootout. lead changes. 
Right, right. I, I really enjoyed the game. I really did. I thought that the both teams matched up well. It was fun seeing the different, the kind of the strength on weakness for different parts, which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, it was it was cool to see those quarterbacks go back and forth with uh, with Joe Burrow having a chance to win it at the end and came up just a little bit of short. Yeah, uh, I mean, and first of all, congratulations to the Rams. Congratulations to me on picking the Rams. Congratulations to Chris uh, on his team winning a Super Bowl. But, I mean, Matt Stafford, the guys I feel really happy for right now, okay? Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, uh, retirement rumors, by the way, hilarious. Um, Eric Weddle, Aaron Donald, Andrew Whitworth, Odell Beckham Jr., and I'm so glad Odell Beckham Jr. was involved early because if they had if he had gotten hurt before he had another catch and a touchdown, you know, maybe he you know he still feels like he didn't win a Super Bowl. I'm really glad he got to contribute again. Say what you will about the guy, every sideline tantrum I believe was ignited by a true desire to win football games. I don't ever think it was super selfish, you know, give me the football, give me the football. He just wanted to win football games, love it. Uh, Aaron Donald is a freak, Matt, thank you. Um, but, I mean, yeah, absolutely awesome game to watch. Overall, Matt Stafford, you know, I think played a phenomenal football game. One of those interceptions, not his fault. One of them, questionable throw, but you know what? Jump ball, anybody could get it. The boy from Fort Wayne brings it down, Bates. Um other than the, the third interception, by the way, on the uh, kicking team. Hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, but other than that, yeah, Stafford and Co uh, Cooper Cup delivered in the clutch, Andrew. Stafford was 26 for 40, 283 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Cup, eight catches, 92 yards, and two touchdowns, and an MVP award for Cooper Cup. Yeah, and I think I, I think maybe my main takeaway before we get into those guys, my main takeaway from this is is just that the the Rams went all in this year. They really did. I mean, they went out and and traded Jared Goff and two first round picks to get Matthew Stafford. Hey, they traded, you remember when people said uh, the Lions won that trade? Yeah, does, doesn't look like it now. Um, they, they they traded they traded a couple picks for for Von Miller. They went out and got Odell Beckham Jr. in the middle of the year once Robert Woods went down with that injury. So they they went all in. That's really what they did, and and they were rewarded for it. Now, eventually, because of them pushing the the, the cap and different things out, eventually it's going to hurt them. But but it seems like it was worth it because they were they went out and they accomplished what they wanted to do. They wanted to win a Super Bowl. So yeah. I mean. Credit to the Rams, credit to Les Snead, the GM, Sean McVay, the head coach, and then all those players for coming together. Uh, but, yeah, as far as Matthew That's, Stafford. Well, what, because you're talking about the all-in all thing, before we go on, I want to talk about it because Tampa didn't exactly do that. Tampa set it up uh, over the course of a few years, and then Gronk, Brady, A.B., I mean, they. I guess they kind of did, you know, do it all at once. So, so I mean, it's kind of a, you know – I, I think you're going to have guys like Rodgers, like Wilson, um, shit, Matt Ryan, um, you know, and other guys out there going, Kyler Murray maybe, uh, going, hey, I want to get mine. What team is just a few big decisions away from a Super Bowl? Okay, and our team falls into a, into into that, you know, category, I think, of teams that with the right quarterback and, you know, enough balls to say screw it we're going this year um you know we're we're, we're close enough to to do some deals we've managed the cap well enough now the rams are going to have the fallout of oh shit we don't have any picks um you know and, and there's going to be some rough years ahead for the rams i imagine because now everybody on that team all you know not everybody has that hunger to go get another one shit aaron donald's talking about retiring now uh you know once he got the one you know, and he's one of the most competitive human beings alive, I'm sure. So it's interesting to see how this blueprint um, impacts the NFL in the years to come. But, okay, let's talk football. <laughs> but, I mean, you do make great points. It's it's going to be interesting to see if more teams follow this, this, this blueprint because the Tampa Bay did it, L.A. did it. Which which team is going to try to do it this offseason? But, but we're about a month away from that happening. So 
getting back to the game, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, I mean, the, they made plays throughout the game, but but what really stood out to me is just the, the that last drive. That last drive for the Rams when they were down by, was it down by four? And, and it was coming towards the end of the fourth quarter, and they needed to score on that drive because if they didn't, Cincinnati was probably going to run out the clock. And and it wasn't like Matthew Stafford was trying to spread the ball around or anything. He's like, you know what? I've got the best wide receiver in football this year. I'm going to feed him the ball, and I'm going to make sure that that I get it to him in space to make plays. And that's exactly yeah. what he did. And then the play that, that everybody's replaying over and over again is that no-look pass from, from Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup. And I don't know if you could have made a more perfect throw. And, well, and it's and not it, even just the throw. Like, imagine thinking, I got to look this guy off, and then also thinking – man, I don't know if there's enough time for this look-off to, like, hold him there, so I'm just going to throw the ball where I know a guy's at. Imagine your brain working that fast, and then, by the way, trusting yourself to do it. That's that's uh, that's a connection that very few quarterback and wide receivers have. I, for, I, I, on their I, first I, year together. The first year together, but but they talked about it. They would get together at 6 a.m. every single day and and work on their timing, work on their routes. And that's what it takes to be great. I mean, you hear the stories of Peyton Manning with Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne every single day before every single game going out there two hours before the game and and working on working yeah. on their routes and working on the timing. That's something that, that never stops. So it, it's it is cool to see. And it is cool to see that their their hard work really paid off and they were able to deliver in the clutch like that because of the preparation they put in weeks and months prior to the Super Bowl. So again, I, I think that the, those two and that that combination and and not only not only that combination, but but I think what's important is they really feed off each other. You know what I mean? Uh, Stats Matt says I don't know if Brandon's going to make. I'm, it. Having, I don't a, know I'm having a rough He's, moment over here. I'm going through something. <laughs> But but we've seen Matthew Stafford really elevate wide receivers before and help them to the best seasons ever. Well, I think Cooper Cup and just the way that he his playing style is just fits so well with Matthew Stafford as well. A guy that can go and and, and win at all levels of the field. So and, and Matthew Stafford, a player that can throw it to all levels of the field. So it was just good to see that that connection. And I think that on that, especially on that final drive, that's what that's what ultimately won them the Super Bowl. Halfway through uh, this Super Bowl talk, Andrew, let's talk about the halftime show. Slipping this in on you. Um, best halftime show of all time, probably. Uh, I do love me some Justin Timberlake. Uh, anybody that's, you know, the, a lot of people, I'm seeing people. a lot of people say, you know, best one since Prince. And I'm like, hey, man, I thought that one sucked too. So, uh, you know, I was not, and, and, and it didn't help that I was like, wanting halftime to be over then. But, I mean, this has got to be, and I'm sure this applies to a lot of people that uh, listen to this show. It says everybody born between 1985 and 1995 saw the Super Bowl halftime show lineup and was like, sweet, instead of doing a show for old people like the Rolling Stones or Paul McCartney or The Who, they did one for us young people. And then 10 seconds later, it hit us. <laughs> we're old. We're, we're the ones old getting old. Too. We're the targeted audiences. We're the ones having the suit, you know, the half, the Super Bowl parties, you know. So um, it was really good. 50 Cent, yeah. hilarious moment. I thought I thought it was really good too, especially I mean seeing Snoop Dogg, Eminem, guys that that really when we were growing up, you hear about and and you listen to their music and and I'm sure there are people that didn't like it, but I I thought it was pretty good. It, it was it was uh, it, it was almost like a not a throwback to the past, but it was it was just different the way they had set it up because it wasn't just one person. It yeah. had all five with, with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, and then the surprise of, of 50 cent. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's the best of all time, but uh, I definitely enjoyed the surprise it. Of 50 cent. It was a surprise. Um, he's, put on, he's put on a few pounds. Dude, the memes are outrageous, but the, the, the part, like I didn't even realize like it was because of, you know, the music video, but, um, yeah, 50 cent was great. That was awesome. Uh, could have dealt without Mary J Blige, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, Eminem sang a song that probably had, that's probably the least amount of cuss words he has in a song. 
uh, <laughs> aside from one that I can think of. You know, so we had to edit that the least, so that made sense. Um, Dr. Dre was awesome. I mean, just unbelievable. But just on a quality of of perf- not just performance, but like the audio the production of it was just far beyond um, shows in the past. It was a lot of fun. I really liked it. Um, glad that happened. That was, that was definitely a highlight of the night. Um, all right, moving on. Already talked about Stafford and Donald and Miller dominate the line. They both had two sacks really came on in the second half. They weren't getting much done in the first half, uh, fourth quarter, especially obviously Aaron Donald seals the game. Uh, what do you, what did you think about their performance? I think they were a huge difference in the game. And and I think we saw that early on because we saw how the how the Bengals game plan really shifted around the pass rush for the Los Angeles Rams. You saw that they were they, the Bengals started out the game with real quick passes, didn't want to throw anything deep, didn't want to take long developing plays because they were they were honestly scared of what Von Miller and Aaron Donald would be able to to do when they go up against that, that I'm going to say the porous offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals, really just nothing there that that could stop those two. And, and I think this is, this is becoming a theme for the Super Bowl, and, yeah. and we're starting to see it over and over again about, and, and this applies for the Indianapolis Colts as well, just how important, how important a pass rush is to win against the elite teams in this league. When you have guys like Aaron Donald and and Von Miller, it just makes the defense's job so much easier. Yeah, yeah and Joe Burrow still threw for for quite a few yards and some touchdowns. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase still got theirs, but at the same time, that pressure is what got to Burrow, and it's what made his life a living hell back there. Yeah, and and we saw that last year when when Patrick Mahomes was running for his life because Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, and and that defense for the Buccaneers chased him all around. Even the year prior, the 49ers almost won the game single-handedly because of what DeForest Buckner and, and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead were doing. It wasn't and obviously Patrick Mahomes and, and, and Tyreek Hill at the very end with their heroics, but but I think you get what I'm saying. This to de- yeah. develop a great pass rush and, and have it really have an impact on the game, that's a huge key in teams re- not only reaching the Super Bowl, but then once they're there to find to win that game and and really come out on top. So I think it just not only for the, the Colts, obviously, but for the rest of the league, pass rush matters. Yeah. And, and and you have to have an elite pass rush if you're going to want to be an elite team in this league. Well, I mean, look at the last uh, couple of years. Look what the Bucks did to Mahomes. Look what, mm-hmm. um, you know, look what the 49ers did to Mahomes mm-hmm. early. I mean, that, that, 40, <laughs> what, that 49ers defense. <laughs> I literally just said that. <laughs> Were you not listening? <laughs> I literally just talked have. about. <laughs> Did you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs line? I, I said that Chris Jones was on that. that there you defensive go. Line. He did well. Uh, sorry, I was reading uh, Sandra's comments <laughs> about Mary J. Blige in here. You know, I'm disres- out here disrespecting. I apologize. All right, whatever. Um, Fine, moving along. Yeah, they played good football on the defensive side. They they were getting run oh, all over. Man. I felt I felt like maybe I'd be interested to look at the uh, stats, Matt. Uh, numbers, but I mean, again, yeah. Why was uh, P Ryan in over you know Mixon? Who knows? Um, so actually, throw me off the, my groove here. I got. I'll, I'll I'll answer that question because it actually came out. I don't know if it was today or if it was in the past couple days, but, but Zach Taylor was actually asked why Joe Mixon wasn't in there on that third down. And he said that it was, it was on him because he did call the play a little bit late in the play clock. Um, P Ryan has usually been their third down back and, and the running backs coach even asked him, should we put Joe in? And, and Zach's Wade off said, no, we can keep P Ryan in there. So he, I, I like that he owned up to it and didn't yeah. just say, well, tried to make excuses for it. He said, he's doing the know, old can't find my helmet on the sideline routine. <laughs> right. He's, saying hey we it was my decision to leave him in i had faith in him and and that's just what it was so i mean good for zach taylor i I think zach taylor 
especially coming from where he has from the lowest of the lows with the yeah. Bengals. He has matured and become a pretty decent coach over the past three seasons. I mean, I think them being there is proof of the fact that he is a good football coach. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. I don't see Joe Burrow going anywhere um, anytime soon asking nope. to get out, but things change, so we'll see. Um, speaking of Joe Burrow, couldn't pull off a Superman act this time. He was 22 of 33, 263 yards and a touchdown. Uh, sacked seven times, tied for the most times in Super Bowl history. Um, I mean, he played a good football game. He's got nothing to hang his head about, I don't think. Um, you know, there's only so much you can do. I mean, he was he was bullying Jalen Ramsey. I mean, we didn't know what he was going to do in regards to Jalen Ramsey. We knew, you know, uh, Chase was going to get his, but not like that. I felt like I felt like Joe Burrow was putting his middle finger up to uh, Jalen Ramsey, and he was getting the better of him over and over and over, aside from that ridiculous no call um, for that touchdown in the second half. Trench play matters, man. It yeah. really does. We, we talked about the pass rush for the Rams. Uh, if the if the Bengals even have a serviceable offensive line, I think they win that game. I really do. And, and this is going to be their number one priority in the offseason. And if it isn't, then then they're in trouble. Because yeah. otherwise, I have, I have a serious feeling that, that Joe Burrow is going to turn into the next Andrew Luck, have all the talent in the world, but you're not going to have the protection there in order to sustain a long NFL career. Because Joe Burrow, I thought, played once once he finally got into his rhythm. He did start out a little bit shaky, but but once he, once he did get into his rhythm, I thought Joe Burrow played pretty well. Uh, they were starting to get the running game going with Joe Mixon, and that definitely put the pressure off and allowed them to do more things in the passing game. Right. But seven sacks, that is a lot. And, and this is kind of, this is what we talked about. And it's, uh, it was my biggest worry heading into the game. I, I went with my heart yep. over my head, but I said that this is going to be what decides the game is the pass rush for the Rams against the offensive line for the Bengals. And they're definitely going to have to invest this off season in, in finding finding those pieces and putting those in place so that way they can sustain this and they can go up against the elite offense or defensive lines in the league. I mean, look what the chiefs did last year after the super bowl, they completely remade their offensive line. Still I could didn't bear, work. Still didn't work, but it was, I wouldn't say it was necessarily it a the failure, pr- the pressure that, that on, on Patrick Mahomes that really forced things. But yeah, this is this is exactly what the Bengals need to focus on this offseason. Really get Joe Burrow some protection and, and and focus in on that because again, you 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 have to have the elite quarterback to win. Yes. But then it, it, it's all what matters up front. And we've seen that the past three Super Bowls. Yeah. I know people like to talk about having the great wide receivers and, and having the great cornerbacks. And that's great. You you do need to have good players at those positions. But it's still football, and it still comes down to which line is going to do, is going to prevail, and that's typically the team that wins in the National Football League. Yeah, and Matt makes a good point here. I just saw this today for the first time, a shot of this. Jamar Chase exactly had a walk-in touchdown over Ramsey if Donald didn't get to Burrow on that last play, that fourth down play. Wide open. Ramsey had fallen Ramsey down. Ramsey on the ground. And Jamar Chase was wide open down the field. If he had a second longer, Burrow would have been able to cork it and and unload it to Jamar Chase for the game-winning touchdown. And again, trench play matters. Yep, yep. Uh, Any other random thoughts about uh, the game, any players, anything like that, Andrew? Um, I've got one I want to talk about. So if you got one, go ahead. Then we'll get to mine. I was just going to say – I, w- I was happy to see Andrew Whitworth get a ring. Um, yeah. Andrew Whitworth has been in the league for years. I mean, the, the dude's four years old, and he's been a great left tackle all, all his career. He, oh, he's he got to walk away, right? Oh, yeah, he's retiring. He, 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 <laughs> Did he, he already announce it? On, he, I don't know if he's officially announced it, but he was talking about it. So, I mean, he he, he played with the Bengals for, for numerous years and slugged through those terrible teams yeah. with the Bengals. And then I'm sure it was a little bit bittersweet that he got the victory over his longtime team there in Cincinnati. But great guy. He won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award this year. He Boy, walks Lord. out a, su- a Super Bowl champion. Uh, great for Andrew Whitworth. He's I was, a phenomenal guy, and I'm happy for him. I was happy for him. Weddle was playing with a freaking – 
tore a ruptured pack ruptured or, pack pack or pack? something ridiculous. Um, I do want to talk about Jalen Ramsey, best corner in the league. I mean, and 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 I hate to quote uh, Colin Coward, you know, but he he said it on Twitter. He goes, you know, for being the best lockdown corner in the league or best corner in the league, he sure does give up a lot of completions. And I'm like, holy shit, he's not wrong. I mean, Joe Burrow picked on that dude. What was it? Just a bad night? Do you think Jalen Ramsey is no longer, you know, quite the level that, uh, you know, we've thought he has been? What, what do you think about that situation? We talked about it a little before, but you didn't really give your two cents. I know. I, I don't th- think of any ill will towards Jaden Williamsy. I still think he's at least a top five cornerback in this league. I mean, he, he stunk, but, but everyone has a bad game. I yeah. mean, we, I think the days of lockdown corners where people don't throw at them anymore, I, the rules are just, the, they're too much in favor of the offense yeah. for that to happen. I mean, the days of like Revis Ooh. Island where, where Darrell Revis was only thrown to maybe four times within four games. I just, you don't see that anymore. So do I, does Jalen Ramsey have a bad game? I mean, he did play his best, but do I think he's still one of the top cornerbacks in this league? Absolutely. Let's talk about the penalty. Which one? The one at the end, the hold, the, 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 before the pass, uh, pass interference hold, whatever they called it, defensive hold. Um, what did you what's what's your take on what's your take on the call? I didn't like that it was that they didn't call things all throughout the game. I it was a to, very I, very flag free game. It was a flag free game, and, and I enjoyed it. I thought the refs were doing a good job of staying out of it, and and I thought that they were they weren't. They weren't making them. They wasn't making themselves about the referees. Like when you see Sean Hockley, every time he refs a game, or or Carl Jeffers, every time they ref a game, it seems like there's flags every other play. I thought it was a very well officiated game until the end, and then it seemed like they were really trying to pay attention more and and, and almost force the issue. So, yeah. I mean, if if you're gonna call that, call it throughout the entire game. Yeah, uh, there was definitely the miss the miss call when T Higgins basically threw Jalen Ramsey to the ground. Well, there's the miss call the on Ramsey too when he was holding, you know, on a right. on a shirt. But so I mean, they they had some misses for sure. But yeah. I, I I just want to see consistency. That one, and that, that, I think one, that was my biggest problem. So the one over on the on the side where Ramsey got thrown to the ground, the the referee was not in a great position to make the call. I don't know if there was another ref in position to be able to see that well enough. But there at the end of the game, and I was like, Meh, I don't know, I don't know. But when you see a still and you can see the hand wrapped around the waist and another hand on the, I mean. A ref sees that in that moment. The pressure's on. They're like, well, usually a hand that, you know, even if he didn't displace him at all. But here's what got me. Um, Darius Butler, a defensive back, okay, uh, a defensive back saying that was the right call. You know, when that when the ref is always wrong, it's always the wide receiver's fault. There shouldn't be, you know what I mean? If a defensive back, who, by the way, I respect his opinion, is saying, you know, he thinks it is. I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, he knows more than I do. Uh, and he, unless he had a lot of money on the Rams, I don't know. He might have. Uh, you know, I don't see him saying that if that's not really what he believed. So, defensive back saying it. I don't know. And, and I, I think it was the right call. But at the same time, if if they're going to make that yeah, call, then that's fair. Yeah, I agree. Make, make it in the middle of the first quarter too. I, I just want. You you got to be consistent on your calls so that way when it gets towards the end of the game, yeah. the players know what to expect uh, if you're going to call that or not, and they can know whether they can be more handsy or not yeah. because every referee crew is different. If you're going to call it one way, just be consistent throughout the game. That's all I ask. I agree. All right. Uh, Colts news. Colts news. Chris Mortensen reports that there's a belief that Carson Wentz will probably be traded or released before March 19th as future in Indianapolis looks bleak. Andrew. Wow. <laughs> you heard it here last. The the tea leaves. You got to read the tea leaves. And, and, and I, I want to make sure we're, we're clear on this. This isn't, this isn't saying that Carson Wentz will be traded because while Chris Mortensen is very respected and he does, I'm sure he has good sources within the Colts organization 
the, everything that I'm hearing and seeing from from the guys that cover the team on a day to day basis is that the Colts haven't made their final decision on Carson Wentz yet, and and I honestly think that is probably the truth because when you look at the when you look at the quarterback situation, and we've already talked about it numerous times talked about it ad nauseum since the season ended since Carson Wentz had that terrible performance against Jacksonville while I have said that I don't think Carson Wentz will be with the team next year I don't know who the hell wants him I don't think the Colts have made that decision yet because you think about Chris Ballard and you think about Frank Reich they're smart guys they're not just going to get rid of Carson Wentz just to get rid of him especially when they have given up a first round pick and a third round pick last year in order to do so. Right. The only, they're going to get rid of Carson Wentz only if they can find an upgrade. So it's not like they're going to cut Carson Wentz and then sign Andy Dalton off the street. That's not going to happen. Now, time is running out because they would probably need to do it because like, like the report said before March 19th, when some more of Wentz's 22 salary becomes guaranteed, but the Colts aren't just going to get rid of Carson Wentz unless they have a deal for a better option. Like an Aaron Rodgers, uh, a Russell Wilson looks like Derek Carr's probably off the table. I don't know if Jimmy G is considered an upgrade. Maybe the Colts think so, but they're not just going to move off of Carson Wentz just to move off of them. That would be a dumb move. That would be admitting that the trade is a complete failure and to just to move off of them without a plan in place or without something secure there. I, I just don't see the Colts doing it. I, I know Ursay is upset. That's what I've been saying this whole time. And you are very convinced. You're like, I think he's going to be gone. Well, I, I do. I do think that eventually okay. he'll be gone, but I think as of right now, I, I the here's, Colts don't have anything in place. Here's I think what this release is. will. But I don't. But right now, they don't have anything in place as far as who their next quarterback is going to be. Here's what this release is. Okay, this is the Colts let, letting the league know. Okay, and the I, you know the Colts didn't release. Somebody did. Okay, somebody in the Colts did. Somebody on the Colts was told to. Uh, this is this was not accidental. Um, okay, so this is the Colts letting it out. Going all right. Let the phone calls come in. Let the you know, un- you know, the illegal tampering begin, whatever it is. Let's find out what kind of attention we can get for Carson Wentz. Let's see uh, what kind of business we can drum up. Um, and if you don't think that's how things work, you're naive and uh, maybe even a little stupid. So uh, it's just that's the way it is. That's what's going on right here. Um, but again, I don't, I don't know what we get back for him and Derek Carr. Like you said, I said this back when they hired their head coach. I thought I had heard that you know, he really liked Derek Carr. Uh, so I don't see Carr going anywhere. And that was, if if anybody realistic, realistic that I was kind of hopeful for, that would have been the one. Yeah, and, and you're you're absolutely right. Teams use the media to get their messages out there all the time. Now, Stats Matt brings this up. He says yeah. that the money only goes away in a trade, so a straight cut still leaves fifteen million. If he if he read that correctly, yeah. so you are correct in that aspect that that it would be fifteen million in dead cap. However, Carson Wentz off the Colts books would then create thirteen million in cap space. So they, they would be on the hook for 15, but they would still get 13 million in space. So right now I think they're projected around 40, 39 to $40 million. So that would go up between, I don't know, 51 to $53 million in cap space. If they cut Carson Wentz. All right, let's move it along. Uh, we'll talk about that plenty of this season, this off season, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, named the 2021 FedEx ground player of the year. Yeah, we know. <laughs> that one that one we figured that was going to happen when he won the I announced it two weeks ago. week like four times in a row yeah so now now real quick before we move on Kent's asking could they cut and trade Wentz if they had a QB in mind this draft yeah I mean they could I don't think they will they can if they that, don't have one <laughs> n- number 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 one this draft class for quarterbacks is is nowhere near what has been the past couple of years. It's considered a down year for quarterbacks. Number two, Colts don't have a first round pick, so unless Chris Ballard sees a Darius Leonard and at, at quarterback in the draft, 
it's probably not the route we go. Right as of right now, the Colts are at 47, and you can't bank on another team trading with you to trade up for a quarterback in the draft. So I I, I don't see them really putting that much draft capital in to try to move up into the top 10, especially when this quarterback class, there might not even be any of those guys drafted in the top 10. Yeah, unless you're finding freaking Tom Brady, Kurt Warner, Aaron Rodgers, some, you know, something out there that nobody has any interest in that somehow you pull the rabbit out of your ass and you, you know, I don't, yeah, there's there's just no, uh, no way that's going to happen. Um, so good for Jonathan Taylor as well, obviously. We've been talking about it. This is what I want to talk about. Um, Andrew Colts hire former Raiders defensive backs coach Ron uh, Milas as their new DB coach and former Raiders linebackers coach Richard Smith as their new linebacker coach. This is uh, just kind of how it works when you bring a DC along, but I I don't know much about him, but I know I saw you talking about it. I know I saw uh, Zach Hicks talking about it, and I saw Matt, I believe, talking about it. Um, that that DB coach Ron Miles, that's a that's a home run for the Colts. Yeah, Ron Ron Millis. He's a he's a guy that that really is a is a good teacher of the fo- of football. He he's a guy that is is he really worked with that just going back as recently as last year. He worked with that young secondary of the Raiders and towards the end of the year, they, they were pretty stout. So yeah. he's a guy that does have a good amount of coaching experience. Co- players love to play for him. He's a guy that likes his cornerbacks and his defensive backs to be real physical and go out there and likes to hit somebody. So I think he's just going to be able to really build on the foundation that James Rowe put in place with a those strong young foundation. cornerbacks, a very strong foundation with Rocky Sin. Isaiah Rogers, you saw them really, really step it up last year. Yeah. So I, I, even Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore Blackman, was elected to his, what his first, first, first Pro Bowl. So it, it's going to be really nice, really interesting to see how he can take this cornerback group to the next level because these guys are still young. I mean, Rocky Sin only in the, will be in his fourth year. Rocky Sin will be in a contract year. Uh, Rod, uh, Isaiah Rogers will be in his third year next year. So these guys can still continue to improve and it's going to be interesting to see how he gets those guys working and then richard smith this guy has over i think i saw over 30 years of coaching experience wow so he's a guy that's got a lot he's been a lot of places and he's coached a lot of guys so i'm not necessarily looking at this as as someone to hire to help darius leonard but i i'm looking at this as somebody to help bobby okarake and, and some of the other younger linebackers on this team to kind of take that next step and then and then obviously to help darius leonard that's that's priority number one but really these young guys to help them reach their potential and 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 take over that second level of, of Gus Bradley's defense. I like Matt's point here. Defensive line coach is interesting now that the top three options are out of the running. So a lot of people clamoring for, for Henderson from the Rams, but why would he leave now? Uh, well, the number one defensive lineman, number one uh, defensive tackle in the league is uh, maybe going to retire. Maybe he wants to go hang out with the number two defensive tackle in the league. I like that. <laughs> I, I think Aaron Donald said that he's thinking about running it back next year. So I don't, we'll, we'll see about that one, but I, I don't think there's a, I, I would love for Henderson to, to come to the Colts, but I, I don't think there's a shot that that happens because number one, the Rams would have to allow him to go since it's yeah. a lateral move. And uh, why would you leave the Super Bowl champions when you have more talent there than more proven talent? I should sure. say, on the Los Angeles. I'm not Rams. saying he should do that. I'm just saying, I no. mean, there, there's the one reason, you know, maybe yeah. Donald leaves and you're like, well, peace, you know, if Matt, you want. Matt, Matt does bring up a very good point though, that the defensive line coach is, is going to be probably the most important position coach that they hire. And, and I yeah. don't think it's a shock that this is the, the position coach that's that they haven't hired yet. That's the one that they're trying to vet and really find a good coach because 
what have we been saying all episode that we need an elite pass rush and yeah. the Colts need somebody that, that can take to Forrest Buckner and continue to like, get him to play at an all pro level. You've got Quiddy pay and Dio Dangbo, two young pass rushers that need molding. They have the tools there. You just need to mold them into those pro bowl players that I think they can be. So that's why I think that, that it's, it's taking them a little bit longer to find that defensive line coach because they want to find the right fit and they really want to find somebody that, that, really focuses in developing these young guys. Uh, Colts offensive quality control coach, uh, Jared Johnson, Gerard Johnson, uh, will be joining the Viking staff as their assistant quarterbacks coach. Yeah. So it's a little bit, a little bit of a, uh, um, Oh, what's the word? Step up, step uh, down, step up. Uh, what's, what's the word for step promotion? There we go. <laughs> it's been a, long, a little bit of promotion. It's been so long for, since he had one, you know? Uh, yeah, no kidding. A little bit of a promotion for Gerard Johnson. And, uh, he's, so he'll be going over to the Viking staff. Really the, the hierarchy for going through the quarterback ranks up to an offensive coordinator with the Colts is really jumbled up, especially when you have Marcus Brady there. who's young Scott Milanovic, who's a well-established quarterback coach. So I'm um, good for Johnson. Hopefully he uh, finds success with the Vikings. All right, let's talk about the NFL honors. Andrew wants to go in uh, the opposite order of most people. He wants to hit MVP first, the reigning defending two time, four time in a row, four time, He's two-time reigning, Andrew. Two-time reigning. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers MVP. Good for him. Congrats for Aaron Rodgers. High fives for him. Do you, do you like the pick? Should have been Carson Wentz? Oh, yeah. Should have been Carson Wentz. Hands down. No, I'm I'm fine with the pick. Uh, I, I, I would have liked to have seen Jonathan Taylor, obviously, get the MVP. Knew that wasn't going to happen, but... Um, Definitely, there were a lot of people out there that weren't happy about it, but I have no problem giving the MVP to Aaron Rodgers. The only other option, what then, is Cooper Cup or Tom Brady? Pretty much. Yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, will you do me a favor, and on the uh, the social media, will you put Brandon Pitt, Brandon says uh, Carson Wentz snub for MVP. Maybe we'll get a few <laughs> uh, hate messages about that. Maybe a few hate listens. Listen, my, uh, my mentions me. my mentions from Facebook blow up enough from uh, my <laughs> articles that I post. I don't need uh, any more from off, Twitter. Offensive player of the year, Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. And it you know, after the last few games of the season, and I'm not I'm not I'm not angry that they give that to Cup. I'm not surprised um, just because he, especially since he won the triple crown. Yeah. I mean, he was a league leader in catches, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Um, so I, I think Jonathan Taylor, I think John, did Jonathan Taylor win that for, for running backs? Did he have the most rushes obviously had the most yards and most rushing touchdowns or did he, he, he might, he may have tied for most rushing touchdowns, but I think he had both, but I don't know. Stats, Matt, let us know. Either way, I mean, Cooper Cup is deserving of the Offensive Player of the Year as well. This one, I'm fine with the selection. I'm not fine with the fact that Darius Leonard didn't get a single pick. When you look at, I, I can't remember, it was Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher, and somebody else. And when you look, they were all linebackers that won Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, and when you look at the stats, Darius Leonard pretty much wrecks them all in every, in every stat line except for, the Ray, except for Ray Lewis. Uh, didn't get a single vote, but Steelers linebacker TJ Watt uh, does win defense player of the year. And I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but I I think it's a little ridiculous. D- Darius Leonard didn't get a single vote. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen the maniac get a vote, but it's hard to get a vote. I, and I don't know if, if TJ Watt got all of the votes, but TJ right. Watt tied the, the sack record for a season. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty obvious that he tied. was with, with tying with getting a record or tying a record like that, no which you, I mean, you think about 22 and a half sacks in a season. That's absurd. So it was obvious he was going to win the award. Offensive rookie of the year, Bengals wide receiver, Jamar chase. Good for him. That was obvious uh, to me. Next one's obvious as well. Defensive rookie of the year, Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons. And a lot any, of, I mean, complaints? these these two absolutely not. These two were head were just heads above the rest of the competition, especially when it comes to uh, to the rookie. So these two are probably going to be all pros for many years to come. Yep. Uh, comeback player of the year, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. Hey, eh? for him. 
He did come back uh, real strong. I mean, he played, what, six games last year uh, and then goes to the Super Bowl the next year. That's about as comeback as it gets. Uh, six to eight. I want to somewhere. It was not like, a lot. We were talking about this this weekend, and I never yeah, looked it up. Yeah, not not a lot, but but yeah, Joe Burrow to have the season that he did. I mean, I I would say Joe Burrow was probably top five in the MVP. Probably would you say Joe Burrow top five. So, um, yeah, are are you doing okay there? Yeah, just everything inside of me is on fire. <laughs> I'm just so warm. I'm so scared to puke because that means it's coming back. Like it'll hit All me right, again. Let's, let's not you know? talk. About I don't that want to vomit. <laughs> Tim off uh, coach of the year. Titans, Mike Vrabel. I mean, I think a big reason for this. How was can you say one, no? It's because yeah, they got, they got the number one seed in the AFC and they, I, they had to deal with the most injuries out of any team in the league. And they still, were able to get the number one seat. So Mike Grable, as they as set much an NFL as, record for the most players to hit the roster. As much as I don't like the Titans, uh, very deserving for Mike Grable. He's a well, great coach. Other people are like, oh, but what about um, Matt LaFleur? Well, he's had this many winning seasons. Nobody gives a shit. It's about this he, year. It's not about how many, how many seasons in a row he's tied together. Nobody it's gets, the, gives it's the, it's the same argument that people were saying that if Jonathan Taylor shouldn't win awards because Derrick Henry didn't, it doesn't, yeah, matter. doesn't matter. It's only about what is happening this year. Matt, spoiler alerts. Uh, Walter Payton, man of the year, Rams offensive tackle, Andrew Whitworth. Uh, it's a big award. It's important. Um, you know, another honestly, honestly, most. Most players say that this is the biggest award that that you can win the league. More better, better than MVP, better than Super Bowl MVP. The Walter Payton Man of the Year award is taken very, very seriously by the players around yeah. the league, and 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 it, it should. It's a, it's a great honor, and and I'm glad that Andrew Whitworth won it because he's he is a great guy and does a lot for his community. Yes, sir. All right. Other news around the league: uh, Rams wide receiver Odo Beckham Jr. Uh, is believed to have torn his ACL in the Super Bowl. Uh, we all pretty much could have guessed that at that point. Looks pretty bad, non-contact. Uh, I believe he's already having issues with that knee too, so probably just finished the job. Second torn ACL in I think three years, so yeah. it's tough. And and Odell's a he's going to be a free agent here at the start of March, so. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to come back with the Rams. I don't, I've heard that he could possibly go to the chiefs because the chiefs are looking for another wide receiver yep. either way. I mean, he's probably not going to be ready by the start of training camp. You're probably looking at him missing a month of the regular season. Bob Odell, I'm sticking with the Rams. Stick with Matt Stafford, a guy you've got a relationship with already best quarterback you've ever played with. Uh, and it's LA. I mean, can you imagine the a trio of wide receivers with, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, who's coming back from injury, and Odell. Yeah, and and, and Van Oof. Jefferson is your fourth. Are you kidding me? Ooh. That's a good. That's a good squad. Yeah. Um, Raiders are prepared to. We alluded to this earlier. Raiders are prepared to commit to Derek Carr with an extension per sources. Um, like I said, I kind of saw this coming. Yeah, I, I kind of did too when they hired Josh McDaniels and his main pitch was to build an offense around Derek Carr and, and really really use his talents to the best that he can. And I'm hearing that the extension could be in the range of 40 million per year for Derek Carr. It'd be a hell of a payday. It would be one hell of a way for the Raiders to say, you know, Hey, we've not shown the utmost confidence in you in the past. Uh, here's a lot of money for us to make that up to you and, and prove to you. We are committed to you moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. that would say a lot to him. And I think, uh, you know, a, a confident, happy Derek Carr could do some serious damage. Uh, this AFC is just stacked with great quarterbacks. Um, Bengals and head coach Zach Taylor agree on a contract extension through the 2026 season. Matt mentioned this in the comments earlier as well. Uh, there's them saying, by the way, that comeback, the welcoming party for the losing Cincinnati Bengals was uh, moving to say, I mean, that was really, really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, the fans love that team and and they've gone through so many years of, of losing. They were just so happy and so appreciative that this team was, was going out there and was in a position to win. And, and with Joe Burrow and, and Zach Taylor, Jamar chase, that, that young nucleus that they have, they're going to be doing some winning for a pretty long time, I think. 
Uh, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross could be forced to sell the team if proven he offered Brian Flores $100,000 per loss in 2019. Uh, you know, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, if, if I hope he, it's if, proven because I would find that to be absolutely hilarious. If that is proven, he absolutely should be forced to sell the team. And I think the owners would. I mean, especially not only are you dealing with other guys' livelihoods because those losses affect the players, it affects the coaching yeah. staff. But there's a lot with sports gambling going on now. He as, probably, as I mean, honestly, as, he could probably get arrested. He's probably could face federal charges for that with, with how, how big sport sports gambling is, how much money is involved. Yeah. That's absolute no, no. Um, also the, uh, Washington commanders owner may have to, uh, sell because apparently his name is, uh, in the news again, a little more about more allegations beyond what they've, the team's already been punished for. So interesting. I, I hate- don't think. I don't think anybody would be upset if Dan Snyder sold the Washington. Honestly, Manning. I wouldn't be mad if Peyton Manning bought the fucking Miami Dolphins. He's probably going to buy the Broncos. It's his, it's his favorite stadium in the whole country. <laughs> so I don't know. He's he's got a loss in there too. Unfortunately, two out of three. Um, Adrian Peterson was arrested in Los Angeles Sunday on a domestic violence charge. Hate that. Don't like that he- at all. It's unfortunately, it's not surprising considering what he got in trouble for a few years ago when there was those uh, issues with with him and his son. But yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson, I don't think is, uh, uh, I don't know. Just It's just sad to see his fall. Is there Dallas cheerleader stuff going on? There was, there was a story that came out today. I didn't really, since I was pretty busy, I didn't get to read too much into it, but the, I think there was a settlement involved with a peeping scandal with the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. So uh, definitely not. Tell me it there. wasn't Jerry Jones. No, it wasn't Jerry Jones. Jerry I don't Jr.? I, I don't know. I don't think it was anybody within ownership, but I, again, I haven't read up on anything of the story, so I, I, I'll leave stats, Matt, to uh, to see what he can what tweet about, about. Tweet about it. Also, Matt's saying that AP apparently not facing uh, criminal charges. Anyway, uh, go follow. That's it. Go follow us uh, at a Colts podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, that's going to be where you want to go right here. Flash on the screen. Look at that. I made this new flashing effect where I just click over and over. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's where you want to go to make sure you're updated on when the shows are going to be uh, because we're going to kind of, we're going to try to follow the news maybe uh this year and kind of you know oh big news we're gonna have a show yeah i don't we really don't know what it's gonna look like this off season it's our first off season um without any big preparations for bringing some huge new factor into the show so that should give us some time to think of some fun stuff bring on some fun guests uh maybe you guys can uh meet stats matt one day um but also uh, we are t- a week off, Andrew. This guy works me like a dog. Um, I mean, maybe two weeks off. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, we definitely won't have an episode next week. Definitely. But, uh, we'll probably we'll be back before the combine. We'll do a little, maybe talk a little, unless unless Carson something big happens, like Carson Wentz is traded or something within the next week. But uh, thinking maybe combine, we'll pick things back up and get ready for draft season. At Venn Free Agency. It's right around the corner. Well, uh, that is the official final episode of the 2021 season of a Colts podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. And as always, go Colts. Go Colts. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.